0: Today's episode sponsor comes from Champ Boxers. If you're looking for comfortable and very exclusive Egyptian cotton boxers and apparel, then you've looked in the right place this evening. Champ Boxers, visit the link that's in our show notes to purchase your comfortable and exclusive Egyptian cotton boxers from Champ. All right. We just had the short little introduction uh, for tonight's interview, because I know uh, we were troubleshooting. Uh, shout out to the Internet. It was it was trying to block the jewels that were being uh, sewn this evening. They don't want to see these jewels. They don't, they don't want to see, see these jewels. Uh, they don't want to see it with my brother Sean. Dianney. I already know what it is. He's my special <laughs> guest. Uh, you heard me give him a shout out yesterday. On our interview with Amadi J and Avery uh, Floyd Jr. Uh, this is episode 34 of the Run the Jewels VidCast podcast series. Uh, we are talking all things this month of June on black entrepreneurship and the importance. Uh, black entrepreneurship, not just in the U.S., but even abroad, all, international um, black entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. We're on the line with my very special guest. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, more of him talking this evening because you all already know my face. Uh, this is uh, my brother. I know him by another name, which I'm going to tell you. I know I know this brother by by uh, the, the artist formerly known as Green Tea slash yeah. DeAngelo yeah. Walker when i when
1: i saw the uh, email invite i was like interview with green tails like wow you
0: going really back with this one absolutely we going we going to talk about how we met y'all cuz i've known this brother for quite some time but i respect him he's not just a community uh influencer he's an international influencer he wow, just happens to be uh, in atlanta uh the shout out to the atl um, one of atl's own uh, he's a, uh, he's a community activist, a business, oh, face. uh, definitely a motivational speaker, TEDx speaker. Uh, he's a Morehouse man also too. So, uh, he's going to let you know about himself, but our wow. special guest this evening is Sean D'Angelo Walton. Tell him, oh, praise God, man. Tell him a little bit about yourself, Sean. Oh man,
1: praise God. It's always, uh, just interesting to hear other people kind of, uh, introduce me sometimes because I, I, I forget about these things or whatnot. I created an Instagram story that was um Rosa Park and you know, Andre said the part said, um, I met a gypsy and she hit me to some life gain to simulate to activate the left and right brain. Uh said, Baby boy, you're only funky as your last cut and you focus on the passion your ass would be a has what. So when you just start rattling off all of those things, I was like I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. But um <laughs> but a little bit about me, man, um from Atlanta, born and raised I have an affinity for youth development and also creating new institutions, uh, that are more responsive to, um, Atlantis, uh, the black community, African Americans. So, um in short, I do all of this through a lot of legs or a lot of arms of things. We Cycle Atlanta is one. Mo Mentors is another. I have, um, sometimes I delve, uh, delve just a little bit into politics as well, um, because I've realized that, you know, you gotta have that influence. And I'm also, uh, brushing out into some, Real estate things or whatnot, just trying to create uh, a whole wheel of responsiveness, um if I could be so punny, especially if you know I ride bikes, like a three hundred and sixty degree wheel of solutions that you know can keep folks like me and you rolling you know into
0: forever, i suppose but that's that's a little bit about me, man, absolutely, I forgot to mention also uh too for those that are into black uh, uh enterprise uh he is one of uh The B.E. men of 20. I want to say 18. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, yeah. on the year. But he is a B.E. modern man, a renaissance man. He's been featured in Black Enterprise on top of other, of course, uh magazines and articles. So you want to make sure you tune in to the jewels that he'll be dropping this evening. We're here with Sean D'Angelo Walton. Yes. Episode 34 on how you need to be influential in the community just as much as in the business world uh he has both he's a businessman and a community advocate and an ad, activist uh matter of fact so uh Sean tell him tell him a little bit about how you got involved in community activism and also in just being a community advocate bro
1: well um it kind of all started when i was young i kind of had the fire of uh, for for fairness you know you got you know uh, Stacey Abrams right now doing the Fair Fight campaign or whatnot. And I think fairness is always kind of like at the at the forefront of social justice movements. We want people to be uh, treated fairly. And I was a baby child. So not to sound all political early, but okay. you know, I was a I was a baby child. And I didn't get to do a lot of things that my big brothers and sisters got to do or whatever. And So when they got to do it, you know, my you know, my first reaction was, right. that's not that's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. And so what I did then was kind of kept that I'm seeking fairness, energy, like throughout my entire life, uh, throughout school um, to the point where when Jabot Jeans was out and White Tees was out and everybody was nucking if you buck or whatnot. It was still, still ATL and I was in my social studies class and uh, my my social studies teacher, Jillian Ford, took us to the uh, uh, to the, the, the Pettus Bridge and. It changed my life, and I got this "I am a man" shirt from Martin Luther King's last movement mm. And in the tenth grade. After that, I was like, man, you know, we're we're in the midst of this era or this space where we were really marching for fairness, mm. and, and I wanted to be a man of that t- fairness. So after we got out of that uh, field trip, I joined the N.W.A.C.P. Man, wow. and, and the rest was kind of just uh, history. I, I got an N.W.A.C.P. They taught me organizing. Did, we did a, we did a whole march on South Carolina when I was 14 to get the South Carolina, uh, well, the Confederate flag off the, uh, uh federal buildings. So that's like my first taste of activism and spending all this time getting involved with Genesis and, in, in college, um, Troy Davis, um, Occupy movements, all the way to the point where actually seeing Bree Newsom take the Confederate flag that we marched over when I was 14 down by herself. Mm. I had a, a really rich experience in, being in the community, um, and just kind of being at the grassroots of things, not only with the NAACP, but I was poor mm. Atlanta. So to to be great and to be proud to go to Morehouse and advocate for so many things, but to also be rooted in Cleveland Avenue, you know, mm. in Thomasville, um, in the west side of Atlanta, SWATS, Hamilton Road, you know, what I'm saying? shout out to the SWATS, shout out to the SWATS, girl. um so to be. To have that education uh, from Morehouse, one of the most uh, prestigious institutions in the world uh, where a lot of people change makers come um, and then to want to bridge that gap between the, the education and the community and kind of just bring it all together. That's kind of just been my thing. Um, and, and I'm very passionate about it, man. I, I went and it for the world. I love doing. I love bringing it all together. And that's what we talk about: entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is is kind of bringing all of those experiences together. And hopefully, I could I
0: could drop some jewels about you know what that togetherness looks like. Yeah, looks yeah. like we're gonna be dropping a lot of jewels this evening for those that are just tuning in. Uh, we're here on the line, uh, episode 34, with my special uh, guest. Uh, he's definitely a brother, um, uh, king in his own right, like myself. Uh, he's doing major things internationally, not just here in Atlanta, uh, might I add, we're going to dive in so you can tell you uh, his international uh, ministry that he's doing all across the globe outside of the U.S., Uh, but he's definitely a man of the community. Uh, Atlanta influencer, uh, definitely going to be one of the top 30 to um, uh, top 40 um, most well-known influencers uh, here in Atlanta, so you will be seeing his publication. Links pop up in the comments thread. Uh, Feel free to list Any questions you may have for Sean uh, D'Angelo Walton this evening? Uh, But we're talking about black entrepreneurship and also being an advocate in the community. Absolutely. And so, uh, Brother Sean, tell him, man, um, tell him, how did you find your voice? Because, you know, I know I know you were a spoken word artist. You were a motivational speaker when I met you uh, even before. Uh, you were uh, graduating from Morehouse and, and turning your business uh, idea into a reality and manifesting that. Like, how did you find your voice early on in life? How did you find that?
1: I mean, early on in life, I think I had to, um, I think I had to practice it and Morehouse college gave me the opportunity um, for that, man. I give a lot of credence to uh, my alma mater um, simply because of the atmosphere that it created. We, we talk so much about um, HBCUs being so instrumental in like kind of creating the next uh genre of people that are going to take care of the African-American community. And I they created a culture where poetry and art and intellect was cool. And, you know, I come from again, I come from Atlanta. So we you nucking if you bucking and whatnot. But then you cross that threshold from from high school to college. It's, it's really like a different world type of situation. And so we had this poetry group and. I was able to articulate all of my thoughts and then there were so many people around me kind of just pushing me, um, to, to speak more about it in a, in a, in a more boisterous way. And so I used that confidence of remembering poetry of some of my most prolific thoughts, um, and giving them to the people to gain the confidence to just speak in general, man. Mm. Uh, knowing that I have a voice to be able to speak confidently. Um, articulate what it is that I need to say, and it has some, some type of substance and not be afraid. I think that's poetry is, um, in the art scene in Morehouse College and you know, those Jasmine cafes and those, those corner ciphers that we had just gave me an opportunity to just have confidence, man. Confidence in a young black man is so important, and I thank God for those artsy, fartsy, uh, environments over at the Atlantic University mm-hmm. Center. So that's why I feel like I gave my voice. And again, that translated into motivational speaking that translated to on the spot, you know, speaking at rallies. Um, it translated into, again, just being able to voice what it is that I need to say and have the confidence um, because the passion is always there. Again, I always want to see fairness. So if I can speak about fairness, I'm always going to give somebody, I guess, uh, as much as I possibly can to inform them. So, yeah. Thank no. you,
0: House College. No Shout out to the Morehouse man there. There's a different one. going to so, uh, let Sean educate y'all between a man of Morehouse versus a Morehouse man in the you second. You to graduate. Exactly. Exactly. to graduate to be a Morehouse man. I love it. I love it. Quick shout outs uh, before we continue diving in with my special guest uh, Sean D'Angelo Walton. Shout out to uh, Megan Benz for tuning in. Hey, uh, Megs, What up? Brennan, Brennan Huff. Uh, thank you Miss Patterson for tuning in. Stella Sweets and Damon Thomas uh, shout out to all those that will be tuning in. You can catch the replay if you missed the introduction. But we're on the line this evening with my very special guest, Sean D'Angelo Walton, a.k.a. Green Tea to me. Uh, a Atlanta influencer, a mover and a shaker uh, here in Atlanta and abroad. And uh, you definitely want to tune into the jewels he's dropping this evening, y'all. Stay tuned. Yes. So tell tell them a little bit about um the, the business, one of the businesses. I know you are a multiple, multiple business man. Tell Absolutely. them a little bit about the importance of We Cycle Atlanta, man. That's a huge um, wave that's here in Atlanta. Tell them a, lot, a little bit about that.
1: We cycle Atlanta has kind of been like, you know, we talk about voices. Uh you asked me about voices. I would say we cycle Atlanta is the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Uh to get through the streets. Um, to be seen in the streets to to deliver a message like you like I'm the paperboard mm. and and the message is clear man invest in black youth um I say that a lot of times you'll see like a hashtag and you'll see anything that I'm doing is just a call to attention to invest in black youth man that's what I'm that's what I'm passionate about um but again we cycle Atlanta you know I started that eight years ago with some of the kids that I've mm-hmm. um worked with throughout that time, you know, some of them have been gentrified out of the community. Um, some of them are still here, but as they grew older, they needed more avenues of money and not just even engagement. So that's why engagement and employment came so important when it comes to wecyclean and gave me the platform to create Mo Mentors, which is a lawn service company that helps those same youth that I've been working with who used to ride bicycles. Now they cutting grass for community members. And it's doing two things, man. It's making these young black boys um, these young black girls visible. And so, again, we're talking about the importance of entrepreneurship and also me and my personal uh, kind of a passion is to create more responsive institutions. Right. right. And I think a responsive employer also kind of humanizes black boys and black girls like they haven't been, especially on the onslaught of gentrification. I hope all this is making sense, because a lot of times when new people move into the community or if you're just in the community in general, you see a pack of kids. You know you never sit to ask them, "Hey, what's your passion mm. or what do you want to do or or are you looking for a job?" No, you're usually thinking about to do something um if if not criminal curious right you, you know what I'm saying right so um you know having those responsive institutions that fixes problems not only like engagement and employment but also humanizing them, seeing them riding bikes, man, they're just kids. Mm. You see these little nappy head Dread kids or whatever riding On bicycles with some adults having fun You you start to look and you start to remember They just what? They just just Kids man. They just teens Out here having a good time bro They want to have a good time more importantly They want to have a good time They want to work and we Just have to create those avenues for you to get More personable with them So again solving the problem of You know making sure that they have some money in their pocket Yeah Um, solving a problem of them actually having some people that care about them in their lives. And also just making sure that they're visible as humans, as as mm-hmm. productive citizens who want to work and play in that same community that everybody's working on. So we cycle has given me the opportunity to just create um, mm-hmm. more and more responsive institutions and from the mold mentors into a real estate pro- uh, property that I'm, that I'm working on. I can't speak too much about it right now. Um, but so, they're gonna hear about it later. you are you know, gonna you know, hold on, but 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 as black entrepreneurship goes on, the story of how important it is or whatever. When I talk about real estate, you know, we cycle land has got me to the point where I've experienced so many youth um, having passions and needing a place to go. So many so many adults needing access to fresh food. So many people wanting a place to actually be productive citizens, but a lot of the land is being taken from under them. Mm. we talk about having roots in your community you talk about I'm a community activist and having roots in the community like you can't do too much if you don't have roots and I I would say fortunately and unfortunately what's going to make something really long term in the entrepreneurial sense is the land that's under them and so we got to evolve from the programming you know Mm. to the lectures to the the parties to, to the property we so, yep. Cycle Atlanta has been a full circle educational experience and creating those responsive institutions from making sure that people have an opportunity and jobs from land to make sure that they can come back to a place that they know is home and, and, and will help them um, be them best selves. So, yeah.
0: And this man, this man is a visionary, as y'all can probably already tell y'all. He, he is a man with a master plan. He's a he's a black king right here. Uh. <laughs> And uh, he's doing some major work with the youth, which leads into the next question. You know, yeah. uh, both both our paths align, especially when it comes to the youth development. Uh, me with Boys and Girls Clubs and then yeah. with all of the youth, not just what we cycle. This man has been mentoring youth since I've known him, even when he was in college. So he's not he's not doing it for his just organization or his businesses. He loves mentoring young youth, especially young kings like myself. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. So talk about uh Sean a little bit the importance of like mentoring our youth, especially black men uh mentoring other black men to show them that there are young uh uh vivacious um educated um activist brothers that are out here wanting to sow oh, yeah. like talk about the importance of black men mentoring black men i mean this is this is' it's it's
1: as important as breathing man um it's as important as the meal that you're going to get um, throughout the day, man. It's really a, a issue of nourishment uh, when you have someone in your life that um, invests in you, that um, is there for you, who you can kind of depend on. And if not even depend on just emulate good tendencies or, or be a role model, man, I think that's so much important and to be hands on. Um, as well, man. There's so many kids out there who will listen. Um, and also to have these younger brothers. That's why I try to get so many of my Morehouse brothers who are at the college right now to cross these streets to come ride bicycles, um, with the kids in the community it will be Cycle Atlanta, man. Like, I want the path to not only manhood, womanhood, but to also education be so clear. I mean, we use the, the bicycle metaphor so many times, um, in my lifetime of, of, following a road towards education, or following a road towards good character, like we have to lead them. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 see, we see a lot of times what the absence of a positive role model um, does. You, you look at Atlanta, you look down the street, man. You can, I mean, we live here. We, we know what's going on. We know what's going on in Chicago. We know what goes on in New York when young black men don't have those role models. And so yeah. you know, we're not giving them that time and that energy um, I, I, I hate to sound so kind of, uh, so pessimistic, but you know, they gonna, they gonna eat us, bro. That's
2: right. Because <laughs> 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 they, they,
1: they, because they, they hungry. And again, it, we going right back to nourishment. Mm. I guess, I guess it does, I guess it does all tie in. You know what I'm saying? But it, it goes all back to nourishment. You know, there are seeds. Mm. We have to nourish them or they're going to be the, the weeds that are going to disrupt the land. Um, keep things from growing, keep things from being beautiful because, you know, with all that energy, sometimes they can be destructive by nature unless you have the guidance to help them build. Destroying is easy, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you learn destroying by eating the food. You get something that's whole and you, argh, you just destroy it naturally or whatever. But to give life, that doesn't always come naturally. Planting that seed and watching it grow doesn't always go naturally. So if we just leave those seeds unattended, they're going to be things that devour instead of things that can give life and, and watch something grow. So we gotta water our seeds. We gotta invest in them. We gotta nurture them. It's, 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 it's important
0: or they gonna eat us. Yeah. <laughs> that's the realest, that's the realest jewel that, uh, we, we've heard this month. Uh, you gotta <laughs> nurture the youth. They're the next, uh, community that's being developed. Otherwise they will eat you alive. As Brother <laughs> They're going get it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. they they going to be growing up fast, as Sean is, is telling you. all So if we're not nurturing them and giving back, then they're going to come back and bite you uh, sooner or later. And again, like I said, man, they just
1: kids. Right. Riding the bicycles, the Boys and Girls Club. You get to see it all the time. The hardest folks, mm. man, the hardest kids, you know, like, they, you know, I, I see so many kids in the streets that would probably sometimes be on somebody's ring video or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm and I'm and I'm I'm roughing them up. And they, <laughs> you know what I'm they kids, bro. Right. They, they need big brothers. They need big sisters. I'm so pleased to see Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. She just uh relaunched the My Brothers Keepers program and she's looking for hundred men uh, to be some mentors. So again, if you guys are out there, if you're some men, um join that program. Come to my church. We're starting to do a lot better when it comes to mentoring young black men and young black women's Man, Go, but find somebody. <laughs> find find somebody. somebody. Find two if you can.
0: They got They got to get out there and find somebody, Sean. It's, it's much needed, especially here in Atlanta. Yes, uh, Sean, yes. Sean works hand in hand in the West End community and also in other cities throughout Atlanta here, but uh, especially uh, being a Morehouse man, he's he's stationed uh, into the West End community. So, um, yeah. shout out to those brothers, uh, that are doing, uh, what they should be doing and mentoring and providing role model, uh, positive role models, uh, for our men, especially, uh, here in Atlanta. And so quick shout out to Ryan Furlow. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Aaron Lamb, brother Aaron, um, one of my HU alumni. Shout out to, uh, HU and Morehouse, uh, HBCU alumni. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're on the line with Sean D'Angelo Walton. Uh, he is speaking from all things entrepreneurship as a community activist, advocate, and Atlanta and international influencer. Um, he's doing some major moves here in Atlanta. Uh, feel free to uh, follow the jewels that he's already been dropping and definitely catch the replay. And so, Sean, uh Let's let's talk um, more about the entrepreneurship side of teaching uh, youth, not just to go and get a job, uh, but to actually learn how to feed themselves in being entrepreneurs from a young age. Like, why? Yeah. Why is it important to teach youth not just to have that monolithic um, mindset of going and getting a job after high school or even while they're in high school, but rather teaching them how to start their own business? Let's 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 just let's just stay with eating for a second. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, just as as like a metaphor, it feels like the world is trying to eat these kids Mm. it's trying to, uh, the world is trying to take away some of the opportunities that, you know, they were allotted. And, you know, we, we look about, we look at wage gaps being increased and equity, um, being uh, the widest gap in the city of Atlanta. You see, the middle class disappearing, you see all this inequity going on, and the truth of the matter is, that's because the old systems are hoarding all the resources, and we don't have to get too much into that, we just know that that is a fact, you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. And so, when I say that I'm trying to create new and more responsive institutions, I'm trying to show them how to do it as well. That's why when it comes to a bicycle, I'm trying to show them how to fix a bicycle, so that they can you know, invest their time and money back into themselves instead of going and paying someone else, but also having a skill in case they ever fall on hard times to get a job as a bicycle mechanic. I'm trying to show them that, you know, we can revolutionize the lawn care business mm. just by using our social networks, you know what I'm saying, to make it more responsive to the community members that are in our immediate areas. You know, back in the day, again, we used to just push a lot more around and, and knock on a door and just look at somebody if they have the grass, whatever. But now we got all these social media platforms trying to let them know, like connect that. You don't gotta knock on doors no more where you can just slide at somebody inbox. Or, yeah. or or post on a community forum. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just you know, just look like a decent young man with a with a, with a weed in your hand, you got some business. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just yeah. them, you know, every every time you see some some grass, that's money. Yeah. Every you see leaves, that's money. Every time you see a bicycle, that's money. I, I love and respect so much the little kids that um, that um, do the water mm. on on the side of the sh- um, street. Now, mm. a lot of people have a lot of problems with them. You know what I'm saying? They sometimes they unkept, sometimes they keep the places um, dirty, sometimes they um, you know are, doesn't look safe when they're out there in the streets like that. But I'm, I'm asking myself like. These are some of the most hardest working youth that you would ever want to be on your squad. If it was a job, think about what they're doing, man. Yeah,
2: yeah. They,
1: come, they they come from their house with a cooler full of water. They yeah. figure out how to get that cooler to, from the water to wherever location that they're at. You know what I'm saying? And then they stay out in the sun.
0: The sun, hot at ATL sun
1: too, Shaw. Sure. I got hot just talking about it. Uh. Literally, like like. It's a situation where they're out there in the sun for a couple of hours and they're doing hard work. And I ask myself as again, like we need to be out there being more responsive to them. Those are the youth that we're looking for. Mm. Those on the youth on the corner who get so comfortable on the corner that after if, if we don't intercept them on the corner when they're selling water to make them really think about this at another level. And how this kind of translates to other business principles, they're going to take that same corner mentality and they're going to apply to other things. Again, the youth are so visible. And not only when it comes to the entrepreneurship uh, mentality, they're creating their own opportunities. Who told those young men to go out there? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we have to just be in a space where we see what, what they're doing, meet them there and bolster the experience so that the whole community wins. And I think we have an opportunity to do that with water, cycling, um, football, um, basketball tournaments. We can do so much, but I just want to show them that they have to not only the kids have to create those responsive institutions that are going to be more, I guess, responsive to them, but mm-hmm. we have to also be like-minded enough to see when those kids are making the solutions and help them with it. So again, giving them jobs is one thing, recognizing that they could be their own employers. Right. Another thing and bolstering that. I think that's what we really got to do. And if we just had a real, a, a hope that the hundred men that we get
0: with the uh, Keisha last bottles can go. Yeah. Young boys. Absolutely. corner. Absolutely. And we're going to dive more into that from an international perspective because I know you've been to Accra, Ghana. Yes, uh, yes, yes. One of the, the center pools of, of of entrepreneurship coming straight out the West. we are a little Africans, man. Oh, I love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been deep into the, uh, the, the representation of the motherland mentality here in the ATL, but I want to make sure to touch on uh, Ben. She asked two questions uh, to you, uh, Sean. Ben's asked, what are three things that you believe are essential in effective community impact? So what are three things that you believe are essential to effective community impact?
1: I would say the first thing is um, knowing your neighbors. Mm. Right. And making yourself visible in a very personable and neighborly way. I think we fall into difficulties of doing that, especially when we may be transplants or get a little bit of education. And especially if we're going into the hood or a situation, I mean, we're also again talking about community impact as if the community that we're in under the assumption that the community that we're in needs some, 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 some a little boost, right? right? You might not be thinking about community impact in bucket. You might be a little bit secluded, do your thing. Everybody got money. Everybody's fine. But when it comes to the community impact that we're talking about, again, just knowing who your neighbors are and making yourself available as a very personable um, person um, and getting involved in, you know, the churches, the schools and things of that nature. I think that's the most important thing. Knowing your neighbors. Who are you? To me. Hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. Um, Community impact. I would also say. um, Let's just. Let's just stay with one for, for, for right now. I'll get back to... Um, okay. But I think, I think to be honest with you, that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, you got to you know who's around you, like you said, bro. Yeah,
1: you, you, you get to know who's around you. You get to know what they're capable of. You get to know what they're passionate about. And I think all things can follow fall together like that. We talk about like a body of Christ, like you meet your body of Christ in the neighborhood. You got your arm, you got your leg, you got your whatever. If you're trying to make community, you're not going to be the only person to do it. You might be the head or the mouth. You might be the, you might be the eyes of the visionary or whatever, but you're gonna need that arm, you will gonna need that backbone.
2: Mm, you know it. what I'm saying?
1: So I think that yeah. is the most important thing is knowing who your neighbors are, assessing what they're they're passionate about, and also coming together as a community to solve some common goals. I guess that's that three, uh, right there. So I'm gonna wrap it up like right
0: No, no, you're good, bro. We 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 take we taking questions also for those that are tuning in. If you want to ask um, uh, Sean D'Angelo Walton any questions, feel free to list them in the comments thread. Uh, it's not all about myself, it's, it's um, about you all that are tuning in, being able to see from a master influencer, master teacher in the making. Uh, but he is, again, uh, a graduate of Morehouse, but also he is a traveler, um, yes. being an entrepreneur. Uh, you must travel outside of the U.S., especially if you really want to see how things are moving globally. Uh, especially in the motherland to Asia. And he's actually been to West Africa. So yeah. I, want to, I want him to talk to you all a little bit about the importance of travel. And also, what was your experience when uh, you partnered in going to um, uh, Ghana, Ghana, West Africa?
1: You know, I, I always dig up. Uh, you know, some some people will refer me to, well, i refer myself as a little, poor little boy from South Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And so again, to, to, to be able to go to Morehouse, Uh, to be able to witness some of the things that I've witnessed, to be able to go from Atlanta to Accra is a big thing. I think my first traveling experience was actually when I was in the ninth grade and I went to France, um, on a school trip, my mom just paid the money for us to go and it was dope. But I think when you get outside of your own comfort zone, you see how other people are living, um, especially in Africa when you have such a rich and strong connection to the history. Mm. Uh, and you may you may be totally oblivious to it or whatever but you know that these are your people this is where you come from um you know and wanting to connect with that we hear so many instances of you know people taking advantage of 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 africa and we 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 empathize with that again because of our own history but we also experience some some particular type of taking advantage of in america um, if you're of some type of color or African American in, in 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 this time and space, um, but to then go back equipped with knowledge, uh, to go back to understand resources, to go back to understand history, to go back and to be able to understand that a little what a little bit of money, if you start you start realizing like foreign exchange, I think that's a real. We talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about money too, or whatever. When you know. That your $10 is 40, you know what I'm saying, um, cities, you know what I'm saying, and, and, in Ghana, you know what I'm saying, like, it's, you can do, you, 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 at that even fundamental point, you realize that you can do more. Yes. Africa. Yeah. You, you can, you can, you can, can trade. You can, you can, you can, you can bolster culture. You can bring back culture. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, again, on the entrepreneurship or whatever, but also just the whole connectedness. We talk about local movements. I was attracted to Ghana because I got to, uh, the, the opportunity to connect with someone who does bicycles. Yeah. Right. So just think of, just think that there is a mirror. You if you're passionate about something, there's a mirror. You in another country, um, there's a mirror. You in Ghana, there's someone who's passionate about bicycles who thinks bicycles is a, ve- a vehicle. In Africa, if you're a dancer, there's a dancer, and you know what I'm saying, in Ghana that wants to help you. If you're a dancer over and have a, a studio over in Brooklyn or the 411 Studio over here on Moreland Avenue, there's always a mirror person that you can connect with and make an easy connection for a cultural exchange uh, and get back again rooted um, to your country and also again seeing what they're doing there. I mean, again. Black people all around the world are influencers. We talk about me being an influencer or whatnot. Like there's some influential things that are going on in Ghana right now, and sustainability, um, and creating, you know, no coal and uh, electricity and Wi-Fi connections. Mm. And think uh, a sheshi institute. Don't think innovation ain't going on in Ghana. You might go there and learn something yourself. Right. Yeah. You, know, you think you think you know the streets, you think America is just all oh, this and that people are brilliant there. Yes. We're brilliant. And so you see, you get to see what brilliance looks like under extreme heat. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it makes you proud. It makes you proud. And it also just, I don't know, man, it just, it it gives you reason to make that connection more. So I'm really thankful for my international connections. And one of my ultimate goals with the bicycle is to make sure that our kids can have those traveling opportunities as well. Absolutely. Whether it be through myself or whether it be through partnering, because I'm sure me and you know plenty of agencies um, that can take these youth on a trip and we got to make that happen. Yeah, Get them from, you know I'm saying, to Morehouse, a, a HBC tour, uh, tour to a West Africa tour. We wow. give that to our children if we're trying to establish some proper roots. And again, all of that entails business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: tourism, the bamboo bicycles, incorporating everything that we can to solve the problems of economics as well as
0: effective connecting to our peoples on the motherland. Absolutely. Gotta thread that thing together, man. Y'all make sure y'all connect Sean with some businesses or corporations you may know because that's an easy cultural exchange program. Uh, Sean has been to to the motherland multiple times. I just came back for the first time in March from Liberia. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur and you are black, you have to go back to the motherland. Go and back, man. that back-rooted, like Sean told yeah. you. And like
1: the, like the little black kids, man, on the corner. Yeah. There ain't, there ain't, a, there ain't a stop. There, are, there is a stop, way. I'm being, <laughs> uh, being a little bit uh, dramatic here. But they ain't a stop where somebody ain't trying to sell you something mm. at the corner. So every time I see those little black boys on the corner trying to sell something, man, I'm just like, oh. Y'all got African
0: wisdom. Exactly. You understand traffic. Yeah. You understand opportunity. And And that's the main thing that i realized, too, is the marketplace mentality is real when you go back to Africa, y'all. Whether you Caribbean, African-American, or directly uh, have family from the motherland. Like that mentality of the hustle marketplace mentality, that's all African, y'all. That's they, have, they have a
1: marketplace on their whole body. They got the handkerchiefs right here. Right. Water up here. Absolutely. I'm, telling Absolutely. You, got, I'm telling you, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. You can shop, you can get your whole meal off of a cat.
0: So <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all, if you are of African or or Black descent, you have that entrepreneur in your DNA. It's just kind a. Which which is uh what leads into the the next question, man. Cause I know we only got a few more questions. I know you got to run. You're a busy man, but when it comes to opposition for our community, especially here in Atlanta, that want to start their business, they may. I uh, want to partner, partner with you, but they just may not have their official confidence to start, to start that, that business, to uh, believe in themselves and be confident in their talents and giftings. Like what, what, what would you tell uh, those people that want to go into entrepreneurship or that they're wanting to be a legit entrepreneur's EIN number, the official website, whatever the case may be? Like what would you tell them about oppositions in entrepreneurship? Man, again, like you said, confidence. The biggest thing is yourself man. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, because, again, you're creating something. You're creating a market for some people to buy out of thin air or or it may be even, you know, a business model that has been tried and proven or whatnot. But so many people get caught up from day to day uh, in the type of security that another job or someone else providing a job for them or Social Security, or benefits, or whatever the case it may be. Like, entrepreneurship is, uh, I'm betting on me. Entrepreneurship, you're the stock market. You're going to put money in yourself, and you're going to see what the return is. And you'll probably see, the beautiful thing is, if you're doing it right, and if you're serious about investing in yourself, you're going to see returns more so than any other company could ever pay you. Of course you gotta be smart, you know what I'm saying? You can use other piles of money from other jobs to invest in yourself and your own business or whatnot. But again, that confidence to eventually one day say, I'm just gonna do this. Right. Just this is kinda like the breaking point when some people some people are like, you know, I'm not gonna eat meat no
2: more, I'm gonna be vegan. <laughs>
1: and it's a whole nother life change because you gotta give up so much. Absolutely. So much, so much of what you was used to. So much of the, so much of the fatty foods. Yeah. You know, in, in, in essence, you know what I'm saying? So I, I guess again, that confidence, um part, I mean, the EIN stuff like that, the LLCs, that's easy. Yeah. That's easy. $200, you're an entrepreneur with a, with a legit business. That's you know true. what I'm saying? That's the easy. But, uh, I'm betting on me. I can do this. You talked about what did I find my voice at? You gotta find your voice too. Hmm. You have to make people to believe what it is that you're selling is is worth buying. And if you're in a nonprofit game, whoo, you're asking people to give you give money. Yeah, you gotta get that money. Sometimes you're not even getting anything in return. You gotta convince somebody so well that what it is that you're trying to do is is important and relevant to the overall well being of the community. So again, you just gotta have that confidence, man. And practice makes perfect. You talk about opposition i mean there's going to be natural opposition in time right you think your idea is so good but you got to set it up and you got to get it off the of what's name you ain't got your instagram followers up or whatever you got to do a launch or whatnot it ain't popping off we talk about the three years that it takes for most entrepreneurs to even know if their business is doing something right or whatever the first opposition is time mm. you know what I'm saying? then the opposition is confidence But at the same time, you got everything, and it's been proven over and over and over again. We talk about role models for youth. You also got to have role models for entrepreneurs as well. You see so many instances where people just go for it and do it without their I's, they cross their T's, and they stay up all night and they make that thing happen. Mm. That is what you got to do as an entrepreneur. You got to have that confidence. You got to be patient. You know what I'm saying? You got to do your due diligence. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, and being as professional as possible helps. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you can only be you can only be Bambi at the baby stage, you know, <laughs> doing, doing all the wiggling for so long. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you gotta you gotta you gotta progress. You gotta change your manage management strategies. You might even have to gain characteristics that you've never had before. You know, what mm. what I'm saying public speaking. You mm. know, a lot of you know what a lot of people have a problem with delegating yeah what they have more of a problem with giving up power that's true their power you know what i'm saying so there's so many obstacles but fortunately a lot of those obstacles aren't inside yourself so when you look in that mirror man you got to ask yourself am i ready Mm. Uh, am i ready to do this and tell yourself that i am ready to do this and i can bet on me and i will win I am the best investment. I am the return on investment. I invest my time in me and my business. I'm gonna get it out. You gotta say that every single day and believe that with all of your heart, and you will be successful. Keep grinding.
0: Don't sleep until it's done. So yes, yeah, absolutely. John, John is dropping a lot of jewels on y'all this evening, man. He's telling y'all about the importance of. Knowing how nonprofits operate, especially if you are a for-profit entity, he's telling he's telling y'all that you got to be confident in yourself. You got to make sure that you're uh, going to al- already be giving up time because you're not on the, the, the uh, pay clock uh, and punching in and punching out when you're an entrepreneur. You got to grind and hit the pavement. And uh, even even when it comes to, as, a, as a, a final question, Sean, before we allow you to uh, give your final jewel, like talk about. Like why here in Atlanta, basically the new chocolate city, the 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 Mecca of basically blacks here now, for you to t- ask me about Atlanta. Go ahead. in, in The southeast, bro. Like tell, tell the people that may be here in Atlanta or maybe wanting to come to Atlanta. Tell them why you should just not be relying on your nine to five job, but why you should be catching the wave of black entrepreneurship, especially if you are black here in Atlanta. Because there's an opportunity for collaboration
1: with blacks that are native and across the world like none other. Mm. We had a conversation about the diaspora in, in West Africa. There are many rest West Africans in Atlanta. The connection is there. We talk about the marijuana business that's going on around the world. There are Californians in, Californians in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? We have the world's largest airport again the opportunity to collaborate with the diaspora is prolific here and one thing that we definitely have to do is take advantage of that again we have the so we talk about the Chaco city this is a very soulful city that's built on social justice mm-hmm. you know, and about creating new and more responsive institutions and systems that benefit more people again the Civil Rights Movement, Voters Rights Act, a lot of the players came from the city of Atlanta and changed the whole scape of that. Again, being able to come and mesh with those people, bringing your resource and your education and collaborate with those natives, with those spirits, and those New Yorkers with that that mindset, that, that, that even more grimy, gritty uh, mindset. We have the opportunity to build so many entrepreneurship endeavors, to proliferate across the world and create an international market. We're already an international city. Absolutely. We're already a chocolate city. We now need to proliferate that with the connections that we have. Um, Atlanta's not special. I mean, we still have our uh, our, our fights. Like right. gentrification, um, you know, development. We still have, you know, we still have a grand old party. Um, here that's, that's, that's running in Georgia for a very long time. That's yes, real. But you have Atlanta, which is that shining star. And if you can come and successfully mesh with that spirit of social change, you'll have every business resource to your expo- your, your your disposal to create those new and more responsive institutions. And I implore everybody that's coming in, you know what I'm saying? To build with Atlantans, don't I, I have to say this cautiously or whatnot? Don't just get comfortable with those people who are from out of town. Get with your people from Atlanta, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Help, help educate them. We we know that Atlanta or or Georgia, we, Atlanta had a, a cheating scandal or whatnot. We know Georgia is usually around about 42 when it comes to states and education or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? We get a lot of these city slickers in here and look at this as a as the big lick for 96, as our cast would say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Looking at it as an, as a, as an opportunity and not someone's home, not yeah. social justice capital, but as a business come up. So we have to avoid that. In a sense, where we are recognizing the opportunity, not only as Atlantans and people who flew here, but also to just bring that mind power to create the catalyst for social justice and economic change that we know can happen in this world. It's yeah. happening it's happening with different industries that are coming in. It's happening with technologies. But what we really haven't seen it happen, and we see all the tools all around us, is the people really creating that new and more responsive institution. We have individuals who are advancing the tech side of it. We have yeah. people who are advancing the the the, the politic side of it but we need the people to actually shape the culture. Absolutely. Again, come here, build with Atlantans, bring it all to the table, and let's all eat. We're going back to nourishment, man. Absolutely. We're going to going, We started on eating and nourishment. We're going to go back to nourishment. Let's nourish each other, nourish
0: this opportunity that we have in the city of Atlanta, and let's get it. That's what Sean is telling y'all. Uh, Sean, Sean's letting y'all know being here in Atlanta, local Atlantans. It's a luxury uh, being here in Atlanta to have this many successful <laughs> black people. Other, other people in states I talk to all the time. They don't have this luxury to exchange black dollars in our communities as much as we do here in ATL. This whole month segment, you're talking to black entrepreneurs from Atlanta. Uh, we even going to be talking to other folks outside of the country, y'all. In- yeah this wave let's go julian it's it's, (laughs) it's serious y'all we're not playing this year we're not playing no games we're building up as many black entrepreneurs that are successful as as possible so uh, what we always do sean um i know we definitely gonna have you back on uh but i know you want to definitely be mindful of your time this evening we always allow the guests to leave a final jewel of wisdom uh, which is basically your final thought, your nugget that you want to leave for those that were tuning in. We've talked about a lot of things from international business to uh local mentorship, to uh being able to be an advocate for your own voice being heard in your community. Like, what would you tell that person that may uh, be definitely listening? They are liking a lot of the content that you've been able to discuss this evening, but they're just like, I don't know if black entrepreneurship is is for me, man. I don't know. I don't know if I have a voice. I don't know uh, what my voice is, what my talent is. Like, what would you tell that person that is watching if they were uh, needing to hear from you directly?
1: Every time you spend a dollar, you speak. Mm. So you do have a voice. If you're not the entrepreneur, invest in the entrepreneur. Invest in your local Nipsey now. You know what I'm saying? Like. You you don't you don't you're not the one to create the shirts? Go get go get your homeboy shirt. That that, that rip that rip Willie B. You know you know what Willie B is, you know what I'm saying? Right. You, you, you don't ha- that, man. What man what 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 do people say sometimes when a lot of people are arguing, uh too many too many chiefs, not enough Indians
0: Indians, exactly. They're not enough Indians.
1: Yeah, we need we need we need Indians, man. We need people that are gonna whole smaller roles as it relates to just simply supporting the institution if you're not that person. But I I believe that there is something in you that can help create the situation that we need as it relates to more businesses being more responsive to what at people actually need to where uh, penicillin isn't $3,000 right. or HIV medicine isn't an arm and a leg and you don't have to you know what I'm saying pre pre-existing conditions ain't a situation when it comes to insurance. You have to create those new institutions. You have an opportunity to support those as well if you can't create it. So if you can't create, support. You know what I'm saying? If and if you're a creator, support and create. And be patient, play the long game, guys. Again, it took several hundreds of years for anything of opposition to be created around us. It's going to take several hundred years for us to get where we need to be, but we can always make great strides each and every day. And that's by how we're relating to our community, impacting our community, being in our community and creating a culture around our people. So that's the jewel, man. You can be a supporter and still be as key mm. in entrepreneurs, proliferating
0: our culture. I love it. I love it. And and just on top of what Sean said, uh, my final jewel is just simple. It's it's um get in the game. Uh, we we know the the finals game six is coming on and probably less
2: that. Minutes, uh,
0: between Oakland and Toronto. My Dubs going to, up against the Raptors. Like oh, no, that boy number two. Exactly. Some people, Sean as Sean is, is said to you all are watching the game. Others are actually in Oakland right now. About to watch the game on the home floor of the Oracle, the Oracle Arena. So if you're, if you're watching it from TV, that's okay. But when you're actually in the presence, if you're in the the arena, if you're in the building, that means that you are one step closer to making your dreams become a reality and also walking into your own um, reality that you are wanting as an entrepreneur and as a businessman or woman. So stop watching the game, get in the game as many different people that you can have mentor you, many different people you'll be hearing from this month that you can plug into, um, and they're they're accessible. And which leads to the last thing, uh, Brother Sean, how can they reach out to you, man? They they uh, want to support WeCycle. They want to support just even you, give you some opportunities to speak or even uh, to come and partner with their businesses. How can they reach out to you, man?
1: Um, through my business, email is sean at wecycleatlanta.org um uh, so again that's sean s-h-a-w-n at we and also um follow me on ig and facebook sean d'angelo you can always find me at sean d'angelo on any of the platforms twitter facebook or um instagram so and come to my church man yeah. um, 11 o'clock i'm usually in the front row doing this this here I love, I love it uh really trying to at this point in my life marry the word with my work or whatever because I realized more than bicycles uh more than jobs people need something to believe in mm. and, um you know and wisdom surrounded by that so again come to my church man all this wisdom all this activism you know what I'm saying it it was marinated in the baptist church uh under some under some southern preachers you know what I'm saying so absolutely now, God willing you can catch the vibe and come back to these churches man they you know our trees are falling, so we need to make sure that we have a solid foundation for the next generation. They they occupy a lot of land in nice our communities, too. Yes. And they were just, they're going to be, we talk about businesses, but churches are going to be just as instrumental as well. So you can find me at the church, um, Good Shepherd, uh, mm. 445 Lawton Street. You can find me on IG, Sean D'Angelo. You can find me on um, the websites, uh, seanwalton.com.
0: Mm. Uh, and you can get all my contact information there as well. I love it and I'm listening in the um in the comments bro so y'all make sure to go go back and look at the comments uh, with the websites uh, of Sean of Sean um, providing them for you all. stay in touch with this brother y'all. I forgot to mention he's actually in killer Mike's uh, Netflix series Trigger Warning. I actually saw this brother when I was watching it with one of my my homies. He's in the episode with Brother Sharif, who's the founder and creator of We, we got, yes oh so, so y'all make sure this is not just a regular interview that I'm doing. This man is a mover and a shaker. He knows a lot of people outside of Atlanta that's in the industry. Make sure y'all connect with this brother. He's doing some major moves here. He's a man yeah. of people and he's also a king. Uh, that's a man of integrity. So make sure y'all support Sean and whatever he does. It's been a pleasure serving with you, bro. We're talking to you, my brother. I love you, man. With a okay. great love. Of course. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna say a quick prayer, man, uh, just to take us home and then we're gonna let you enjoy the rest of your evening, bro. Yes, get it. All right, Father God, I just wanna thank you uh for allowing uh brother Sean to come on uh to this segment and just uh bless us with his knowledge, bless us with his his uh talents and giftings things that he's been able to use uh to give glory to you, Father. Uh, We thank you for uh, the path that he's uh, taken uh, for entrepreneurship and teaching others and inspiring others and even mentoring others uh, that just need a push. They just need a little bit of more confidence uh, to go after their dreams and to also go after the vision that you have planted in them. We thank you for those uh, that were tuning in. And we also pray that you will bless uh, Sean and whatever he does in his future endeavors, open up new doors, new opportunities. Uh, through him sharing his voice and also sharing his wisdom. And we pray that he inspired uh, multiple people on the call uh, this evening to go out and, and follow and chase after their dreams until they reach him. And we love you, Father. We thank you. And it's in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all sure y'all watch the replay. I saw a couple people just just. And then Justin, you go watch the replay. Uh, sister, go watch the replay. Yeah, definitely a great session. But it's been a pleasure serving with you, bro. I know we're gonna bring you back on. And thank you again, man. You have you have a great rest of the evening, bro. I right, see my brother. Peace. Peace.